listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Today we are ending our series uh, entitled, Ask for Me and My House. This is actually a declaration that we pulled off from the book of Joshua, where Joshua says, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can we all declare that at the count of three? One, two, three. Ganda. No first week natin, ano yun? Ngayon talagang with all your hearts. I'm really excited. And you know, I pray that we can live this out. It's, it's easy to say it. It's easy to say it, but tulad na sabi ni Tim kanina, there are things that are easier said than done. Would you agree? It's easier said than done. It's one thing to tell your family what you want to happen. It's another thing to make them actually follow you. I'm sure all the parents would agree that it's hard to make your kids follow. Yes? Can I see a raise of hands of the parents here? Yan. Agree ba kayo? Di ba kapag sinabi mong, anak, brush your teeth. Diba? Susubukan mo iba-ibang pagsabi, anak, brush your teeth na. Anak, brush na tayo ng teeth. Hoy, ikaw, magsipilyo ka na, ha? Paulit-ulit na. Tapos yung kausap pala, 16 years old. <laughs> Mahirap magpasunod ng anak. Sometimes it's clean your room. Sometimes it's go to bed early. Or probably come home before midnight. Yan, maraming guilty dyan. Sino dito ng teenager kayo, hindi kayo sumunod doon? Sa go home before midnight. Repent. And apologize to your parents. And I believe for the parents out there, you are already reaping the consequences of what you did. <laughs> How many of us actually obeyed that? So, you know, I'm sure that all families want to serve the Lord. Who doesn't, right? All of us want to serve the Lord. I tell you, there's one person pala who doesn't, and that's the devil. That's why he does everything to break families apart, that's why he does everything to pull individuals away from the Lord, and that includes our children. You know, according to a study conducted by USA Today, 70% of the youth that we see in church, once they finish high school, they stop going to church. Imagine, 70%. That's a big percentage. And a lot of them would say, oh, because the church is far from my school. But a lot of times this actually happens because once the students or the youth make that big transition going to a big school and uh, finally embracing their quote-unquote being an adult, they become more exposed to conversations about different worldviews that are not biblical. These are things that they are exposed to when they watch TV, but it's different when you're already part of the conversation, and it's different once you have access to these things. I'm talking about drugs, smoking, drinking, premarital sex, homosexuality. And you know, as, as their minds and ears are open to conversations like this, and they're part of it, a lot of times it leads them to think that the church is actually irrelevant. And what we teach, they think it's outdated. Some of them think, hello, it's 2022. The Bible? That's so old. That's old news. That's, that's so throwback. That's so retro. Should we, should we adjust our preaching of the Word of God 
just because the morals of the world, world have been relaxed. Again, should we adjust the preaching of the Word of God and its application because the morals of the world have been relaxed? I don't think so. Just the past month, I spoke to a couple of parents who were kind of troubled. There were a number of them. Why were they troubled? Because their kids have embraced different worldviews. They were saying, you know, uh, they were kids who doubted God's existence. They were questioning if God really loved them and if He exists. And they have been saying that they are confused when it comes to their gender, to their identity. And these kids aren't even high school yet. So the parents were troubled and they were saying, what do we do? And you know, why are these things happening? Because of the many ideologies that young people are exposed to. And when I say exposed to, it means, you know, streaming sites, TV shows that they watch, movies that they watch as well. Um, even the celebrities that they follow online. They are exposed. That's why they have this kind of thinking already. And today, as we end this series, it's great to declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But how can we actually do this if our kids, our children, are being pulled away from the Lord? A big factor of why the youth are falling from the faith is because they are bombarded with all of these worldviews and there is no one out there to balance it with the truth of God's word. The question is, are these youth, are these young people being discipled at home? Who is teaching them about the Bible? Sadly, I've had conversations with people as well who have kids and they're saying, you know, I don't want to meddle when it comes to the religious worldview of my kid. You know, I'll just allow him to explore the things out there and decide for himself when he's already of age. Do you agree with that kind of thinking? If you think that way, then we have delegated our primary responsibility as parents to the world. Why would we allow the world to teach our children the most important thing that they need to believe in? Their faith. Why would we let the world teach it when the eternity of our children depend on it? This is a God-given responsibility to every parent. Why would we allow other people to teach it to them? That is not God's design. According to Proverbs 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And this is a message for all the parents out there. It is our primary responsibility to teach our children the Word of God. It is our primary responsibility to introduce our children to Jesus Christ so that when they go out there and when they are exposed to all of these things, the lies of the world, they would know to stand in the truth of God's Word. They will not be swayed. They will walk that straight path that was set out for them. And today, we look at the example of two women who co-parented a mother and a grandmother. They co-parented a young man who was used for the kingdom of God mightily. And I would like to tell you, you know, probably the singles out there and those without children have tuned out already. This message is for parents. This message is for would-be parents. 
And this message is for children as well, sons and daughters, so that we could appreciate in a deeper way the value of God's Word being taught in the household. That being said, I'd like to invite everyone to open their Bibles to Acts chapter 16, verses 1 to 5. We will be reading from the ESV version. For those people here in the assembly hall, may I invite you to stand up so that we could give reverence to the Word of God. Again, we're reading Acts chapter 16, verses 1 to 5. It says there, Paul also came to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your word that continues to speak to us, that continues to guide us to become, you know, good followers, faithful followers, good sons, good daughters, good parents. And Lord, I pray that as we look to your word today and the example of Timothy and his mother and his grandmother, that we would learn how it is to really become a family in every sense of it. And Lord, my prayer is that every family represented here will be transformed, that we will all truly um, use our relationships and our families to reflect you so that more people may come to you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be our teacher today. Open our hearts, open our minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may take your seats right now. Now, you might be wondering from the scripture we just read, where were the mother and daughter that Pastor Bodhi was talking about a while ago? They weren't there in the scripture. We will get to that later, but first we will talk about Timothy, the young man that they raised. And we will see in the scripture that Timothy was a fine young man and he was very successful. We see that he had a good reputation. According to the scripture, it says that the people around the community where Timothy was in had nothing but good things to say about him. And I pray that, you know, the communities that we are in would have the same view of us, that because we follow God, that they would have good things to say about us. And seems like it was confirmed and affirmed by Paul, because as he was hearing all these good things, he was also seeing it in the life of Timothy. That's why he said that I want Timothy to come with me. He actually picked Timothy to be his protege, to be his next in line, to be his intern. Paul saw the potential in Timothy. And of course, as we follow the story of Timothy, we would eventually find out that he grew in the faith, he grew in the knowledge of the word, he grew in leadership under the mentorship of Paul. And eventually, he became one, he actually became the senior pastor of one of the most important churches in the area of Ephesus. So we could say that Timothy grew up to be successful. We could say that Timothy grew up to be an influential man. He was able to make an impact, not only in their community, not only in the people during their time, but even up to now, he continues to make an impact with the way that he lived his life. 
And for all the parents out here, I'm sure that all of you would want to raise children like Timothy. Would you agree? You would like to raise children who are successful. You would like to raise children who are influential. You would like to raise up children who would make an impact in society. All parents want their children to succeed. Yes? I'm sure. Wala namang gumigising na, nako, sana maghirap yung anak ko. Sana lumaki siya maghikaos. No one says that. All parents would say, I want my children to succeed. And, you know, we want our children to be gifted, to be successful, to be influential. That's why a lot of companies and brands capitalize on this. Like say, for example, milk or drinks of kids. Do you remember this? The sun is in the center of the solar system. Moving around it are the planets. So lahat na magulang, kailangan uminom ng promil yung anak ko para maging genius. Sino dito uminom ng promil? Genius. <laughs> Totoo ba? Hmm. Genius. So all of a sudden, the parents who wanted a great future for their kids, yan, uminom ka ng promil. Diba? Ilang baso ka per day para maging matalino ka talaga. Or probably this. You remember this. Milo, Olympic energy. Milo every day. Diba? Pag uminom ako nito, mananalo ko ng medalya sa SEA Games. Sino dito uminom ng Milo? Nanalo ba kayo ng medalya? Energy lang, no? Magsaserve ka sa volleyball, out. Ay, taas kasi na energy ko eh. Blame it on the Milo. Diba? Yung parents more pa inum din. Ako, anda, kailangan maging successful ka. Kailangan maging magaling kang atleta. Milo tayo. Eto. Bonakid. Diba? Habang tinitimpla pa yun na nanay mo, kumakanta pa yan, Batang may laban. <laughs> mm. Ano nangyari? Ang dami to rin nag-aaway sa Facebook ngayon. Mm. Joke lang. So, Bonakid, effective din daw yan. So, you know, parents want success for their children. That's why they, you know, they not only make them drink these drinks that would kind of, they think would assure a great future for their kids, but they enroll them in different classes. Taekwondo, gymnastics, piano, fencing, uh, volleyball, basketball, painting, acting, singing, dancing, lahat na. Kahit anong ad na makita, may, may workshop na ganito. Anak, attend ganito, kahit yung anak pagod na pagod na. Anak, kailangan makita ng mga tita mo na marami kang ginagawa. Nagkikipagyabangan lang pala sa mga amiga, eh, no? Pero at least, diba, they're searching, what was the gifting of my child? And both the parents would work really hard so that they could get enough money to be able to give a good inheritance for their children. So that they could give them a house and a lot. So that they could give them cars. So that they could give them good education, money. But let me ask you, are these things really what children need? And the children would say, Oo naman. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, all these things are good. But will these things actually assure the success of our children, that they would actually live good lives, that they would make an impact in society? As we go back to the scripture, Timothy didn't have all of these things. But he turned out okay. He turned out great. He ended up successful, influential, and fruitful, even if he faced many challenges. What was his secret? Promil. <laughs> what was his secret? We would find it in one of Paul's letters to Timothy. It says in 2 Timothy 1.5, I am reminded of your sincere faith. Can you say that? Sincere faith. 
a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. Faith. Again, I say it. Faith. More than money. More than houses. More than lots. More than cars. More than jewelry and other material things. This is the best inheritance that we could pass on to our children. And this will ensure their success in life. And I'm not just talking about any ordinary faith that we put in just someone or something. I'm talking about genuine, sincere, true faith that we put in the one true living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who sent Jesus Christ to save you and to save me. Now again, before all the singles out there tune out and those without children, I would like to remind you that this message is for us as well. Because as we talk about the responsibility of parents, we're not just talking about biological parents, but we're talking about spiritual parents as well. Again, we're talking about spiritual parents. As believers, we are called to lead others to Christ. As believers, we are called to journey with people and to disciple them. And if you're journeying with people, then that makes you their spiritual mother or spiritual father. We would see that Paul didn't have a child, but he looked to Timothy and he looked to him like his own son. He was a spiritual father to him. In 1 Timothy 1-2, he says to Timothy, my true child in the faith. In 1 Timothy 1-18, it says, this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child. So if, again, if you are discipling someone, if you are leading someone to Jesus Christ, then that makes you their spiritual parent, a parent in the faith. So this message is for you as well. I was actually surprised last week, Father's Day, one of the guys in my group who was actually just the same age as I was greeted me, Pastor Bodhi, happy Father's Day. <laughs> Sabi ko to my recollection, wala naman akong anak. May aso ako. But that doesn't make me a father. But then I realized, okay, fine, I'm discipling you. So yes, I guess that makes me your dad. So thank you, son. <laughs> I remember one tita, uh, the driver, her driver texted her, happy birthday, mom. Sabi niya, ano ka, kailan mo pa ako naging nanay? Mom pala yung gusto niya sabihin. Anyway, this aligned with God's original call for Abraham and his family, for us to lead other people to Christ, for us as spiritual parents and biological parents. In Genesis 1.28, it says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves here on the earth. As our series comes to a close, I'd just like to address this. One person approached me, and asked me, Pastor Bodhi, I don't think I can obey the call of God to be fruitful, to multiply, and to fill the earth because I don't have a family yet. I don't have a partner, and I cannot bear children right now. And I told her, you know, that's not what exactly this is saying. I'm not telling you to go out there, find a partner, and all of a sudden, you know, have babies. That's not the only way to obey this commandment. Adam and Eve were called to be fruitful. They were called to multiply and they were called to fill the earth. They were called to fill the earth through reproduction with image bearers because during that time, there was no sin in their heart. But sin entering the picture complicated, the, complicated things a little bit. 
sin entering the picture complicated things, not just a little bit, but really a lot. Because instead of multiplying and reproducing image bearers that were righteous and holy, what was passed on was sin. So instead of filling the earth with God's glory, this earth was kind of filled with evil because of the sin that was passed on to children, to kids. We see that in Adam and in Eve and in the rest of mankind in the Old Testament and even up to this day. You know, apart from Jesus Christ, we are all evil. Apart from Jesus Christ, we are really sinners. And evil spread during that time. But even if this big blunder happened, God still had a solution to it. The world was being filled with evil. That's why he sent Jesus Christ. He sent Jesus Christ so that everyone who would choose to believe in him would be restored in right standing with God. Everyone who would receive him would receive forgiveness of sins, would receive righteousness, and would receive holiness. And once a person receives that holiness, then the kingdom of God is advancing. Slowly, we are filling the earth with God's glory. And we see that, uh, you know, right now, that is what is happening. For us to obey the commandment to fill the earth, to multiply, we can do that by preaching the gospel to people. And every time they are saved, we are obeying this commandment. It says in Romans 5, 12, and 15, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, that is Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. But the free gift, which is salvation, is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Sin and evil and death spread through Adam. It was passed on through him. But through Jesus Christ, forgiveness and salvation was passed on. And that is the way that we are filling the earth with God's glory. So I pray that we would continue to do that. That is the way we obey it right now as we restore more people to right standing with him. That is why he gave us the great commission before he left, Matthew 28, 19 to 20, which says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And I love this promise. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Again, I repeat, whether biological and spiritual, I believe that all of us are called to be parents because we are called to reach out to people and to journey with them. And I pray that we would be able to pass on our faith to them. So this message today is for us. We're going to talk about how to pass on our faith to the next generation. Again, how do we pass on our faith to the next generation? First, we lead by example. Can you say that? Lead by example. This is one thing that we usually skip. We usually go to the instruction part without even thinking, am I practicing what I'm preaching? Are these things that I'm teaching my kid actually evident in my life? We want to pass on a sincere faith, not a fake faith. Again, we want to pass on a sincere faith, not a fake faith. It says in 2 Timothy 1.5, and this is where we see the example of Lois and Eunice. It says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that Timothy had. But Paul flexes the mother and the grandmother. He says, this is a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. It was passed on. 
And it is described as a sincere faith. It means a faith that is genuine. A faith that is not hypocritical. Again, it is a faith that is not hypocritical. A faith that is not just spoken, but a faith that is lived out. No one likes a fake. Would you agree? No one likes a fake. Well, probably some of you like fake bags and fake shoes. (laughs) But no one likes a fake person. We don't like them. We don't like... Why? We don't want to be like them. We don't want to be a fake. And unfortunately, sometimes, as parents, we can be counterfeit Christians to our children. Again, the sad truth is, as parents, we can be counterfeit Christians to our children, which gets them turned off when it comes to the faith. We live in the day and age of social media when image is so important, when branding is so important, and we can be so fixated with how we want people to view us. We post photos of, you know, lives that people aspire to live, and we make them believe that we are living the life, but truth of the matter is we're actually not. It's just a snapshot. It's just a fake. It's just a part of our life. It's just put on. We can pretend to be someone we're not online. And aren't we all guilty of that somehow? We want to impress. We want to prove ourselves to our high school classmate, to your ex. Kailangan makita niya napaka-successful ko. So we start posting photos which are not real. And when people check your feed, you know they think you're so successful. They think you're so rich. You know, I actually know of a person who wanted to, you know, who wanted to portray this image of being a health buff. And what, what that person did you know, she really didn't have the budget to do all of those things, so she went to a trial of the anti-gravity yoga exercise, whatever, and it's really expensive. It costs thousands. So she attended the free trial. You know what? She brought seven sets of clothes and took pictures and posted it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so that people would think, Uy, ang yaman naman niya. Nagagawa niya lahat yan. Nakakaingit naman yung life niya. Sana all. And I know of people who go on vacations and they want it to appear like it's really the dream vacation. And people on Instagram would say, you know, I want to go on a vacation like that too. What they don't know is during the vacation, you are actually so stressed out trying to create content to make people on Facebook or Instagram envious. They don't know that you're really stressed out and you're saying, ah, pagod na ako. Diba? Yung tripod mo, pilit mo, pinapatayo, laglag ng laglag, ang hinitint na na ulo mo. Hindi mo na na-enjoy yung surroundings. But when we post it on Facebook, it might seem like a life that people would want to have. And I'm pretty sure that on the surface, it's a life that people would want to have. But if they see the big picture, they'd probably say, no, thank you. I don't want that life. And this could happen to our faith as well. A lot of people can be counterfeit Christians. Those who are just pretending to be Christians. Or what we call Sunday Christians. Mabait paglinggo, Pero Monday to Saturday, bahala ako sa buhay ko. Diba? Tapos magugulat ka sa church na, ay, ang bait niya dito. But sa office, di naman ganyan. We can be counterfeit Christians. It's just a show for them. Especially in this day and age that being a Christian can be tagged as being cool. And Jesus even rebuked the Pharisees for having this kind of faith. Counterfeit faith. Fake faith. Hypocritical faith. He says in Matthew 23, 27 to 28, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! 
For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Ouch. Imagine hearing that from Jesus. I pray that we would not like be the Pharisees. We would not be like them. Who, who just put on a show, who, who dressed up well, who made sure that they said the right things just so they could impress people or they could impress their children. They do it with the wrong heart. They do it to honor themselves and to exalt themselves to make it seem that, you know, I'm higher than you, I'm holier than you. They don't do it to honor God. Praying long and eloquent prayers. And we can be guilty of this as well. Pag prayer sa office, di ba? Ako na magpe-pray. Lord, we thank you for... Pero pag, pagka-break time, yung bibig natin, kung ano-ano rin sinasabi. But we tend to ano, naku, kailangan mukha ako mabait dito sa office. Kailangan ako yung tinitingnan nila pagdating sa ano. Or acting holy and speaking kindly in public and in your you know, circle of friends. But when you get home, you're actually always hot-headed and always cursing. And your kids will probably think, ano ba, si, ano ba to si mommy, si daddy? Kanina sumisigaw. Diba? Kunwari, nandito ka. Malapit na yung 5pm service, walang parking, may nag-open up, biglang may nag-cut sa'yo. Ano ba yan? Papasok na ako ng church, inagawang pa ako ng parking. Ba- teka lang, bababa ako. Pagkababa mo, ay sis. <laughs> Papapunta ka rin sa service. Bumaba ako kasi papapicture ako sa'yo. Pero makakipag-away talaga. Diba? Tapos yung anak mo parang, Ma, ano na? Or probably posting Bible verses from, you know, verse of the day, but you're not really living them out. Or probably asking your family to portray, you know, the ideal family. Pupunta dito yung mga kavijik ko mamaya, walang maingay ha? O ikaw, wag ka tatakbo-takbo sa kwarto ka lang. Mag-PS ka dyan. Diba? Baka sabihin ng ano, hindi ko kayo disiplina na maayos, mag-babe kayo. Mamaya na kayo magulo pag wala na sila. What would our children say? Counterfeit Christianity. That is not the faith that I would want for myself. If I saw that, ay Lord, kung ganyan lang din maging Christiano, wag na lang. And if I would think that way, let me tell you, your children would think that way as well. They would be so confused. And it's going, they're going to look at faith as something so burdensome, as something so fake, as something so exhausting. They would probably say, if that's the faith, then no thank you. A faith that children would latch onto. A faith that children would want for themselves is a sincere faith. A sincere faith is a faith that would make a child go, I want that kind of faith. I want that kind of peace. I want that kind of joy. I want that kind of relationship with God. Because a sincere faith is a faith that allows the love of God, the wisdom of God, and the power of God to flow in and through the person who has that kind of faith. What is a sincere faith? A sincere faith is a faith rooted in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A sincere faith is a faith that acknowledges our nothingness, our hopelessness apart from Him. A a sincere faith is a faith that declares, Lord, I need you. Lord, without you, I can do nothing. Lord, I desperately need you in my life in every situation. It is a faith that seeks to obey. 
It is a faith that is consistent. Whether we are enjoying successes or going through trials and challenges, it is a faith that continues to remain. It is a faith that continues to obey. It is a faith that produces the fruit of the Spirit naturally. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. You don't need to force yourself. You don't even think of those things. You just live your life the way you usually live it because that is your faith. A faith that sets up the stage for the victory of Jesus Christ to be displayed in our lives. Again, it says in the word that this is the victory that has overcome the world. That is our faith. When we have sincere faith in Jesus Christ, when we continue to look to Him, when we continue to follow Him, even through the most trying of times, we will experience His grace, His glory, His blessings. We will experience miracles left and right because that is His promise for those who surrender to Him. Again, this is a faith that, not makes, that makes not only your children, but everyone around you say, I want that kind of faith. Do you know people like that? People that you would say, it's so chaotic, but how come you have so much peace? The bills are almost due, but how come you can still smile? And you know, they'd answer, because I believe my God will provide. You're sick, you have cancer. How come you can still lift up your hands to worship God? Because I have faith, I believe that God will heal me. And you know, the people who are around you who are thinking that they are supposed to feel sorry for you, suddenly become jealous and envious, saying... Holy envy, by the way, saying, I want that kind of faith. How come I can't put my trust in Jesus Christ that same way? Just like Timothy, I saw this in the people around me. I saw this in my grandmother as she encouraged the whole family to go to church. Sometimes she'd even drive for us to youth service. She'd even drive for us going to Sunday school. And sometimes she'd even bribe us. I'd buy you food, Jollibee. Pumunta lang kayo sa simbahan. And that's what we would look forward to, the food. But she wanted us there in church. I'd see that in the life of my mom, who is always so excited to go to her Bible studies and Bible classes. And it makes me say, I want that kind of faith. I see it in my leaders, in the pastors. Whatever challenges that they're facing, I see them that somehow they're down and out, but in them there is something that declares, I believe that God will give me a breakthrough. And I say, I want that kind of faith. I pray that that is the faith that people see in us. It is an evident faith. We don't even need to shout about it. We don't even need to, you know, impress people with it. We just live it out. And people would naturally see it in us. And I saw that in my family and in the pastors. They're not perfect people. Again, a sincere faith doesn't mean that you are perfect. They're not perfect people, but I see that when they surrender everything to God, God pulls through. Everything falls into its perfect place. And that made me say, as I saw it in my family and in my friends, that made me say, I want that. And I hope that as our children observe that, that they will say that as well. As we lead by example, we don't have to force our faith on our children. They would naturally gravitate towards that and follow our example. I pray that we live out that faith, not only in public, but also in our private lives, in our homes. And this is not, again, only for the parents, because even Paul encourages the believers that he was preaching the gospel to. He says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Bold statement, right? 
be imitators of me. Panoorin niyo ko. Gayahin niyo kung paano ako mamuhay. Kasi namumuhay ako na sinusunod si Jesus. Can we confidently declare this? Can we actually tell the people around us, watch me and follow the way I live my life? I pray that we can. I pray that we can say this. And it, all it takes is really a humble heart. Saying to God, I can't. But please help me. Again, we are called to pass on our faith. How? Lead by example. And second, I only have two points today. Teach God's word. It's not enough that we live it out. It is important that we instruct our children in the right way that they should go. We don't just tell them what to do. We tell them why they do it. We want to pass on a sincere faith, not a forced faith. A lot of times we think that we are believers and we just force our children. Hindi, kailangan mo mag-church. Hindi, umupo ka dyan. Hindi, makinig ka yung kids' church. Yan, manood ka. Wag ka matulog. I pray that it isn't done that way. I pray that we really share to them why we are doing all of these things. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 15, we see that Eunice and Lois did this for Timothy. Paul says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. We see that Lois and Eunice, they sat down with Timothy and taught him God's word, which, you are able to make, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Here's the thing, unlike money, un- unlike cars and house and lots that can be transferred to children simply by a signature, and unlike jewelry and money that can be passed on instantly, it's not the same for faith. If we are to pass on our faith to our children and to other people, it will take a lot of time, it will take a lot of effort, it will take a lot of energy. And we see that Eunice and Lois gave that to Timothy. They spent time teaching him the word. It says in Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 7, and this is a commandment for all the parents, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Every parent is called to teach the word of God to their children. Again, parents, we have been given this responsibility by God. Yes, he will send people who will help us. We're so thankful for our kids' church pastors. We're so thankful for our kids' church volunteers. But it is the primary responsibility of the parent to teach their children about Jesus Christ. And a lot of times, we dodge it. We say, I don't want to do it. Why? Because children ask the most difficult questions. Right? What if your child asks you, Ma, if God created everything and everyone, who created God? Or, Pa, why did God create Satan? If killing is wrong, why did God command David to kill other people? Pati tayo ngayon, you know, bakit nga ba? May mga nag-google na, you know? Pastor Bodhi, hold that thought. Why does God let bad things happen? Why did He allow the divorce, the annulment of my mom and dad? Why did He take my parents away from me? It makes you think, nakwis bi? Tapos na ako sa religion, di ba? Ikaw na yan, pag-aralan mo na lang yan. When we don't know the answer or when we're not in the mood for a long talk with challenging conversations, we just give quick answers. 
Basta yan yung sabi sa Bible, paniwalaan mo na lang. Yun na yan. Talong mo sa teacher mo. Tingnan natin kung alam niya. Sinalens ba si teacher? Just believe. And it leaves the children clueless. And they, you miss out on the opportunity to teach them about the heart of God. That's why a lot of us think growing up that God is a distant God, that God is just a strict dictator. Because we don't understand His love. Because, again, we weren't, we didn't know about it. We see Him that way instead of a loving father. And this is aggravated a lot of times because when we want our kids to do what is right according to the Bible, when we want them to obey, and when we don't want to have that long conversation with them, we force them to obey by teaching them to fear other things. Pag di ka sumunod sa sinabi ng Bible, papaluin talaga kita. Or naku, pag di ka sumunod, naku, andyan na yung aswang. Andyan na yung, andyan na yung mumu. Andyan na yung mumu. O, yung white lady, kukunin ka. Tapos pag sinabi ng anak sa'yo ng 2am, may white lady, hindi totoo yan, ha? Naku, kailangan yata na paparito ang anak natin, ang dami nakikita. Or pag nakaupo sa Starbucks, you have to behave, you have to behave, you have to obey your parents. Sige, kakukunin ka ng mama. Sabi ka siguro ng mama, huwag po ko idamay dyan, ano? Nakong balak. Or, naku, behave ka, behave ka, kundi lalabas yung pari dyan sa sugat mo. Ano ba yun? Diba, what is that? We teach our children to, to obey, to do what is right, but we miss out on the opportunity to tell them, to teach them that we are to obey, not just so that we can be good or to please our parents, but it is actually worship to God. We miss out on that. And when we look at our lives, it wasn't until we understood God's love for us. It wasn't until we understood the gravity of sin. It wasn't until we understood how much Jesus Christ suffered for us, how much He sacrificed for us. It wasn't until we understood how costly salvation is that we began to obey God's word. As we appreciated all of these things that Jesus has done for us, that God the Father has given us, that was the only time that we said, yes, I can set aside my desires. Yes, I will turn away from sin. Even if I enjoy doing it, I love God more because He has showed me so much love. We have to understand who He is. We have to understand how much He has given us so that we could obey with joy in our hearts. We should teach that to our children. We should not just teach them to obey the commandments. We have to teach them to love God's word and to love God himself. Not just teach the commandments, but introduce Jesus Christ to them so that they will have joy as they are obeying him. Again, that is the same for our children. Let us remember that our call as parents is not just to raise good children, but godly children. And it will take conversations. Again, we're not just called to teach them God's word. We're called to teach them to love God's word. And we're called to introduce Jesus Christ to them so that they too may receive eternal life. Because eternal life is not an inheritance that a parent could pass on to a child. It is a decision that we have to make for ourselves. And some of you might say, Bodhi, masyado pang bata yung anak ko para maintindihan si Jesus tsaka eternal life. They're never too early to learn about Jesus. It's never too early for them to learn about Jesus Christ. Just recently, it sucks that I didn't put pictures here, but recently we had our vacation Bible camp. And we saw kids of all ages, you know, from ages, uh, if I'm not mistaken, five, six, up to their teenage years. You know, it was a worship workshop. 
where they signed up to learn guitar, they signed up to learn painting, they signed up to learn dancing. But as they were learning that, we were teaching them the Word of God. We were teaching them how to honor God. You see, when it comes to teaching Jesus to children, we just have to be creative. We just have to know, really, to know how to share it with them. Jesus loves you. You know, you sinned, and because of that, we should be punished. But Jesus came down from heaven and heaven to earth so that he could take the, the punishment that was supposed to be for us. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that show how much he loves you so much? You know, if you are thinking, how can I teach this to my kid? I encourage you, bring them to kids' church and observe how the teachers and the pastors there do it. Ask for help. Talk to Pastor Carlo. Pastor Carlo, how do I teach my kid about Jesus? Pastor Carlo, my kid asked me this. How do I answer it? We also have an upcoming Parenting Summit, Parenting 101. There you could learn how to discipline your kid, how to teach them the Word of God. And the Word of God, it is used for training, for reproof, for guiding, training in righteousness. I pray that we would be able to do that as parents. Here's the thing though. We can't teach something that we do not know. In short, sabi ni Lord, back to you. <laughs> if you want to teach God's word to your children, you have to first know God's word. And that is a call for each and every one of us to be in a relationship with God. I've talked to people saying, you know, my kid has a problem. Padala ko na lang to sa youth service. And I usually tell them, I don't think that's the solution. I ask them, Do you, does your family go to church? Because if you're going to delegate teaching God's word to your kid, to a campus missionary or to a leader, and they don't see it at home, we're going to have a problem. I tell them, you have to lead by example. You don't send your kid to youth service as if it's rehab. <laughs> you go to church with your kid and model to them, we need Jesus, not only you. There's something wrong in me as well, and God is fixing me. Let's go to church. Let's listen, not because you need it, need it, but because I need it. And that is all the more powerful. And that will really just inspire us to learn about God's Word all the more. Because I want to teach my child. But before you think of your child, think of yourself. I want to know you, God, so that I could introduce you to my child. I want to know you, Jesus. So I pray, you know, that as before we make the commitment to raise godly children, first we go to the commitment to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And yes, we are called to pass on our faith to the next generation, but we can't pass on something we don't have as well. If we don't have faith, then what are we going to share to our children? How are we going to live it out? What example are we showing them? And as we look at these kids, I pray that we will not just look at them as kids who cannot do anything. I pray that we would look at them as future leaders, the future politicians, the future bosses. And as early as now, we start their training. So, you know, as we talked about all of these things today, what have we learned? As the famous quote goes, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and... Wrong. Lead by example. Kakapag-usap lang natin eh. Teach them the word of God and lead by example. I pray that we get to apply that in our lives. And again, it starts with us. 
We say we want our kids to be used by God. We want our families to be used by God. It starts with you. We first need to experience God. We first need to have that personal revelation of Him. We need to receive the blessing that was promised to Abraham. Remember the promise? God said to Abraham, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing to the nations. You will be blessed so that you can bless other people. And unless we receive that blessing, which is Jesus Christ, we would always look for ways to be blessed. And we would keep blaming other people. Daddy, sabi ni Pastor Bodhi, dapat ikaw daw nagtuturo sa akin yan. Anong nyari? Diba? Ikaw anak, dapat sumusunod ka, narinig mo. Stop thinking of how to fix other people. Focus on yourself first. And the moment, you know, the moment, I know that we talked about roles, the parents should teach, but you know, if you were the first person in your family that was saved and you happen to be a son or a daughter and your father and mother aren't saved yet, what's going to happen? You're just going to let them be and blame them. You should be teaching me these things as pagbabawala mo pa ako sa youth service. It doesn't happen that way. As we are blessed, as we begin to understand the salvation that has been given to us, then it puts us in a position where we will find ways to be a blessing to other people. And if we truly want to be a blessing to other people, we would live out God's word. We would love others the way he loves them so that they could experience his love through us. And we would teach them who he is. We would point them back to his word. A lot of people usually say, hindi ko alam kung paano ituro sa anak ko yung Bible. Teach your son or your daughter to love the Bible so that he would study it on his own. But at the same time, study it on your own. Again, it begins with us. I pray that we would make that decision today. Before we even make that declaration, ask for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I pray that we would say, I will serve the Lord. I will glorify the Lord. Use me mightily. Lord, I can set aside everything. I can set aside my desires. I can set aside my dreams. Because you have set aside your very life to give me the life that I have now. And I can't think of any other way to thank you but to offer up my life to you. The question is, are we willing? Just as God has invited Abraham, just as God has used Cornelius, just as God has worked through Eunice, Lois, and Paul, he would like to work in and through you as well. And we see that when that happens, when we open up our hearts to hear out the word of God, and when we open up our lives to be mentored by people like Paul, Eunice, and Lois, our parents, we see that we would grow all the more in love. And again, people will be inspired to have the same faith that we have. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.